No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we return to the book of Ezekiel, where the Lord gives Ezekiel instructions for various offerings in the future millennial temple, as well as laws for the coming prince. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Ezekiel chapter 46 on Simply the Bible. I have read through the book of Ezekiel many times. And whenever I came to this last section of the book about the temple that would be built, I just sort of scratched my head. Why is this in the Bible? When will this be built? Why are there sacrifices there? Now, as we have studied through this section of Scripture, we have addressed many of these questions. We do believe that the specifications are so exact because this is an actual temple that will be built in the future. No temple like this has ever been built in the past. Since the Lord will dwell there, it must be operational during the millennial kingdom reign of Christ. Why there are sacrifices there is a little bit more difficult to answer. The book of Hebrews tells us that it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, we conclude that these burnt offerings, sin offerings, trespass offerings, and peace offerings that are mentioned are memorial sacrifices pointing back to what Christ did when he died on the cross. God gave such detailed descriptions of the measurements of the temple and its manner of worship so that the people would see what holiness really looks like. The Jews living in Ezekiel's day would be humbled because they had so defiled their worship of the Lord. Now, throughout Ezekiel's book, he has shown us the holiness of God. And as we near the end, we will see that God wants us to be aware of how we are to worship him in the beauty of holiness. For he is holy. Even though we are not saved or forgiven by animal sacrifices, but by the blood of Jesus Christ, we must always be aware that God is holy and our worship of him must also be holy. We continue in Ezekiel chapter 46. Thus says the Lord God, the gateway of the inner court that faces toward the east shall be shut the six working days, but on the Sabbath it shall be opened, and on the day of the new moon it shall be opened. So this would be the east gateway leading into the inner court, and normally it would be shut. You couldn't see what was going on there as the priests would offer sacrifices, but it would be opened on the Sabbaths and the new moons, which were the beginning of the month, so that people could see inside. They couldn't go through it, but they could see What was going on? The prince shall enter by way of the vestibule of the gateway from the outside and stand by the gatepost. The priest shall prepare his burnt offering and his peace offerings. He shall worship at the threshold of the gate. Then he shall go out, but the gate shall not be shut until evening. So the prince, who we don't know for sure who it is, but probably will be David, would enter the vestibule from the uh, outer court into that gateway and could come as far as the threshold of the gateway. And there the priest would prepare his burnt offering and peace offerings. Now he would be responsible for bringing these. 
And then as they were offering these, he would bow down and worship there in the threshold of the gateway. But he couldn't go through it. He couldn't go into the inner court. That was as far as he could go. Likewise, the people of the land shall worship the entrance to this gateway before the Lord on the Sabbaths and the new moon. So the people could stand outside, look through, see the sacrifices being made, but they couldn't go into the gateway. The burnt offering that the prince offers to the Lord on the Sabbath day shall be six lambs without blemish and a ram without blemish. And the grain offering shall be one ephah for a ram and the grain offering for the lambs as much as he wants to give, as well as a hen of oil with every ephah. The grain offering for the ram consisted of about three-fifths of a bushel of flour with a gallon of oil. On the day of the new moon, it shall be a young bull without blemish, six lambs and a ram. They shall be without blemish. He shall prepare a grain offering of an ephah for a bull, an ephah for a ram, and as much as he wants to give for the lambs, and a hen of oil with every ephah. When the prince enters, he shall go in by way of the vestibule of the gateway and go out the same way. So for the new moon, they added a young bull without blemish as a burnt offering and then had the other ones that they had on the Sabbaths. And again, it would be the prince's responsibility to bring these. But when the people of the land come before the Lord on the appointed feast days, whoever enters by way of the north gate to worship shall go out by way of the south gate. And whoever enters by way of the south gate shall go out by way of the north gate. He shall not return by way of the gate through which he came, but shall go out through the opposite gate. The prince shall then be in their midst. When they go in, he shall go in. And when they go out, he shall go out. Now we saw earlier that once the Lord goes through the east gate, they shut and seal the east gate so no one else uses that. Also, there is no west gate. So on the feast days, the people would come in and if they came in the north gate, they'd go out the south gate or vice versa. There was an order to this that would be established. Now, just the other day, I went to the DMV and they had like a very clear marked entrance area and a clearly marked exit area. And they wanted you to follow that. And it would be the same sort of way. God is a God of order. And it's interesting here that there would be sort of a forward progress in this. You know, God does not want us to stagnate or go backwards in our worship, but we should always be pressing forward in holiness. Jesus told us, be holy as your father in heaven is holy. And that is something we are always striving to do. One last point here is that the prince would be among them as they would enter and exit. He was not above them, but would be among them during these feast days. At the festivals and the appointed feast days, the grain offering shall be an ephah for a bull, an ephah for a ram, as much as he wants to give for the lambs, and a hint of oil with every ephah. So the grain offering on feast days will be the same as for Sabbaths and new moons. Now, when the prince makes a voluntary burnt offering or voluntary peace offering to the Lord, the gate that faces toward the east shall then be opened for him and he shall prepare his burnt offering and his peace offerings as he did on the Sabbath day. Then he shall go out and after he goes out, the gate shall be shut. So normally that east gate leading to the inner court would be shut. 
But when the prince would bring forth his voluntary burnt offerings or peace offerings, they would open it so that he could present that and he could go in through the vestibule as normal and then present his offerings. You shall daily make a burnt offering to the Lord of a lamb of the first year without blemish. You shall prepare it every morning and you shall prepare a grain offering with it every morning, a sixth of an ephah and a third of a hen of oil to moisten the fine flour. This grain offering is a perpetual ordinance to be made regularly to the Lord. Thus they shall prepare the lamb, the grain offering and the oil as a regular burnt offering every morning. And so the morning offerings, the morning burnt offering would be a year old lamb without blemish. And with it, the grain offering would be three quarts of flour with one third of a gallon of oil. It is interesting here that this is very similar to what was specified in the tabernacle, but there's no evening burnt offering mentioned. And we don't really know why. Will there be one? And it's just not mentioned because it's going to be the same as the morning could be, but we don't really know. Thus says the Lord God, if the prince gives a gift of some of his inheritance to any of his sons, it shall belong to his sons. It is their possession by inheritance. But if he gives a gift of some of his inheritance to one of his servants, it shall be his until the year of liberty, after which it shall return to the prince. But his inheritance shall belong to his sons. It shall become theirs. Moreover, the prince shall not take any of the people's inheritance by evicting them from their property. He shall provide an inheritance for his sons from his own property so that none of my people may be scattered from his property. So the prince could give a gift of inheritance to his sons and at the year of Jubilee, which would happen every 50 years, it would remain with his sons. It would stay in the family, so to speak. But if he gave some of his inheritance to one of his servants, then that would revert back to the prince and to his family in the year of Jubilee. Now, the year of Jubilee was a time of cancellation of debts. It was a time when they didn't have to sow. They would just reap what came from the land on its own. And it happened every 50 years. So during the millennial reign, there would be opportunity for 20 of these years of Jubilee. And finally, the prince would not take any land belonging to the people. Unlike some of the other kings that confiscated land belonging to the people, that would not happen with this prince, and they would be able to pass down their property from generation to generation, holding on to it. Now, he brought me through the entrance, which was at the side of the gate, into the holy chambers of the priests, which faced toward the north. And there, a place was situated at their extreme western end. And he said to me, this is the place where the priest shall boil the trespass offering and the sin offering and where they shall bake the grain offering so that they do not bring them out into the outer court to sanctify the people. So these buildings we talked about earlier, they were on the north side and the south side of the temple. They had rooms for the priests, and on the western end, there would be these kitchens where they could cook their portion of the offerings, the trespass offering, the sin offering, peace offerings, grain offerings. They could prepare those there, and they could eat them without having to go into the outer court. Then he brought me out into the outer court and caused me to pass by the four corners of the court. And in fact, in every corner of the court, there was another court, 
In the four corners of the court were enclosed courts, 40 cubits long and 30 wide. All four corners were the same size. There was a row of building stones all around in them and around the four of them and cooking hearths were made under the rows of stones all around. And he said to me, these are the kitchens where the ministers of the temple shall boil the sacrifices of the people. And so if you brought a peace offering, you got to eat part of that. And this is where they would prepare that. They would have these four courtyard areas, sort of an outdoor barbecue kind of a thing in the four corners of the outer court. And there the temple servants, probably the Levites, would prepare your food. They would boil the meat for you and you could eat it there. Each of these kitchen enclosures measured 70 feet long by 52 and a half feet wide. Now, as the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians regarding their worship, he said that everything should be done decently and in order in the church. And we see that this will also be the rule even during the millennial reign of Christ at the temple in Jerusalem. Even now, we who are in leadership in the church should teach the difference between what is holy and what is not holy, what is clean and what is not clean. And worshipers of God should seek to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness and in spirit and in truth, because these are the worshipers that God seeks. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast and please leave us a review. It helps a lot. Tomorrow we will see that in the future, a river will come from the temple and flow eastward. Its waters will heal the Dead Sea. God gives Ezekiel the tribal divisions of the land of Israel. We hope you'll join us as we conclude the book of Ezekiel on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.